if it wasn't for just give a shout out to what is it? Uh, what book was it? I think it was uh, uh, it was like a it was an audio recording from uh, what is his name? Oh shoot, I can't even think of his name. Hold on, what is his name? So I can't even think of this guy's name. Uh, what is that? Oh, that sucker's name. <laughs> like, bro, I've been saying it to people the last couple weeks, and the fact that my brain is just like, uh-uh, we're not working. Right. I hate Earl Nightingale. Okay. So I was at the Earl Nightingale, and he was just basically like, um, don't use the excuse of when something's not working repeatedly and it's not easy that, oh, it's not meant for me or, oh, I'm not supposed to do it because it's not not easy. Mm-hmm. And that would used to be my own thought, like, oh, if this was something God ordained, um, it would be easy breezy. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case all the time. Sometimes there is some supernatural provision where it's like you don't even have to lift a finger. Other times that God still can improve with something, right. it's difficulty to build something else up inside of you. And so, yeah, so I, I said all that to give shout out to the Earl, Earl Nightingale even though he passed, and also just, you know, just let you know that if this happened probably six months ago, I'd be like, oh, we ain't meant to do this. <laughs> <laughs> No, I feel you, man. Um, I certainly understand because it's definitely one of those things where, like, the more time you try to go back and read or you know get into it, you start getting more and more ticked off. Like, see, I'm I'm the I'm kind of the opposite. Like, I'm stubborn. I'm stubborn to mm-hmm. where I'm gonna get it until it works. <laughs> like, if I got to, like, so in instances like this, like, I'll try to force the issue. Like, no. Nah. Uh, like no, we doing this, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, on that note, I would just like to give a shout out to uh, Brown Foreman for making this uh, fantastic bourbon that I'm drinking right now. So, uh... <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah. Shout out to Earl Nightingale. Shout out to Brown Foreman, <laughs> Old Forester signature. <laughs> I'm gonna have to drink a little something, something do. Uh, I want to go, want to go to the refrigerator and mix some. Uh, dude, there's this. So my family had a gathering back last summer in St. Louis, and um, my wife used this um, weekly vodka. That's what. Uh, or somebody, my wit weekly vodka. Okay. It's a brand, and uh, and I enjoyed it, man. It was hers, and you know, I'm just gonna throw myself on the bus. You know, it's my wife, and uh, I was doing you know the thing that maybe you don't do it. You know, I know you're better than me. <laughs> so no. sometimes I like <laughs> don't say yourself short, man. Don't say yourself short. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this rarely, rarely, rarely. 
But sometimes, yeah. However, sometimes when someone does my wife, I'll be like, you know what? Let me get a little sip of this. Get a little sip. So it was bottle, and I was just like, man, let's get a little sip of this. And I'll just put a little drop in it. And so after a while, over time, two months, it was, it was basically gone. My wife was just like, look, this is yours. And so I finished it. <laughs> and so I have, <laughs> I have a fifth of of that in my my refrigerator. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna drink that and. Mixed with some simply lemonade and and which is a good transition to what we are doing our episode on um, because the other day, probably about Tuesday or Wednesday, I had to speak with an associate uh, that's turning into a friend uh, in regards to current events, mm. weighing in mm. mental. On, on my on just my mind frame, bro, and my my mental well being and and my emotional well being. I was in such a a you want to I don't even want to say funk. It's just you know depression, bro. That I was just like, as you know, man. I uh, you know I went through addiction class and and um and so I just wanted to just like literally get some marijuana smokes a, a large amount of marijuana and then I just and then I said no to that and then I was just like I just want to drink the rest of this alcohol and just drift into uh, another plateau another world that that just hides the truth of reality and and that that was that was the place that I was going. And then just hearing him tell me about how good he has a small business and him telling me that the success, the success he's experienced in his small business and him like, and us talking through it and just telling me that, man, that, that uh, lifted up my spirit. Um, and that, that's really, man, like these, these, the, the, uh, George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, man, it's just, so much, man. Like, you know what I mean? I do. Um, I do. Because it's... Uh, I've had conversations with a lot of people this week over those... Uh, at least George George Floyd issue. Um, <clears throat> particularly. Um, just because I'm... I don't know. I, I think that one just seems to be the dominant one, despite the fact that <laughs> the Breonna Taylor issue hits way closer to home, at least for, for me, mm-hmm. just obviously because we call Louisville home. So, um, but mm-hmm. regardless, um, yeah, it's put me, in, it's, I think it's definitely put me in a spot where I'm definitely a lot more emotionally charged, um, anger wise and a bit, a bit more depressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, cause I, I definitely, understand your uh your circumstances with uh you know with with going into addiction classes i've done similar i've done the same thing so um the challenge now when you get at least for me when i get when i get challenged emotionally the one of those are times when i want to kind of fall back into old patterns and stuff like that so uh <clears throat> what i try to do is at least give um, you know, give my wife some time to, or a heads up to be like, look, I'm, I'm super stressed out, <laughs> you know, um, 
emotionally. So just keep, you know, just kind of keep an eye on me, make sure I'm not slipping or tripping, whatever. Um, Always, man. No, I got you back in that area, bro. I do. And that's one of the best things that I enjoy about our friendship so far is that, um, you know, I'm able to at least lean on you in that regard. Not that I don't have other, you know, because I know we both have other associates and friends outside of our relationship, but um, I know how deep I am willing to go with those folks as opposed to, uh, you know, our relationship here. So, so I appreciate that. Um, and so the interesting thing that's really come up for me is like the, my is witnessing other people's reactions to the, so like all the protesting and all the looting and stuff like that. And, you know, obviously you got people poo-pooing looters and rioters. Um, but for mm-hmm. me, I think that's just a natural um, part of like, you know, your civic duty or like the language, like, well, who's it? Uh, or because Martin Luther King said riots are language of the unheard. Um, so, mm. and he and it wasn't like when he said that he was saying it to be like, "Yep, this is what you people get for being ridiculous." Like he's saying, "No, <laughs> this is a symptom of what happens when people feel like they ain't, their voices aren't getting heard." Um, you know, mm-hmm. so that's I, I think if the same was true then, when it, in the circumstances surrounding when Martin Luther King said that, obviously were at least for black folks, they were a lot more harrowing than now, at least from a social standpoint. The reality is, is a lot of those same things, a lot of those things haven't really changed much, despite all the efforts of people, um, at least in the past civil rights eras, or in the civil rights era of the 60s. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's odd that a lot of people are just, uh, (laughs) are also willing to discount the fact that um, in this social contract we call America, there's things that we all agree are the same. Well, anytime people mm-hmm. want to be like, um, you know, oh, those looters and stuff, they're just, you know, rabble rousers and all they're doing is just trying to start uh, fuss. Like, yeah, you tr- that might be true on some level. Um, I also think about, like, my thing is, like, I put like this, like, you ever think, I wonder if people ever think like some people that are looting are doing it in a way that hurts those pe- hurts people that aren't paying attention the most, you know? So like most mm, of the, most of the yeah. time, um, most of the time, things get done in America when people are uh, affected by in some way. Well, in today's day and age, it seems mm-hmm. like the main reason you start getting somebody's attention is when you start costing them money. <laughs> now, again, mm, I'm not yep. going to sit up here. I can't. It would be irresponsible of me to sit up, sit here and try to be like, yeah, everybody should just riot and, t- and, you know, just burn everything to the ground. Like, no, that's not how I roll. But I certainly understand why people are doing some of those things. And um, mm-hmm. is it constructive? Maybe not now, but... <clears throat> Again, if you start costing the right people money, then apparently it seems to get the right attention and people start really wanting to try to work on doing something to try to correct some of these issues. Uh, Because 
And I don't know, man. It's just a thought, I guess. Like, yeah, bro. It's, um, it's, it's, you're, you're right, bro. And it's, it's, it's a situation that, that puts you in a, in a dangerous territory and emotionally that as a man you have to protect your your family and it it it's at the end of the day with with anything you have to fight for your convictions with would you put your life on it and situations that we usually face in society especially in America uh despite hardships is um has a better economy uh better sort of lifestyle uh, to others at the same time there comes there's repeated situations more recent for people of african descent that that it's like my life mm-hmm. is being threatened and you know, as a man, you have to with anything, and I and I mentioned how well we have it over here, and because that goes along with my statement of would you really be willing to put your life on the line for your convictions? Is some that's usually figuratively mm-hmm. speaking in America, and when usually when we say it in reference to or what I view, people usually say that in reference to. Uh, put your life on it is or you put your your job on the line you know that's your life because it feeds your family would you put your your marriage on the line say you feel like uh for some reason uh some someone's relationship might be like you know i married the wrong person and i and i found someone else that i believe is you know my soulmate are you willing to put your your whole family if you got a family you know what i'm saying and so like all right or, you know, this this is a good opportunity. I need to spend, I need to speed 90 miles per hour. I need to go 40 miles over the speed to get to this destination because it's really important to me. Are you willing to put your life on? Like, you know what I mean? It's those scenarios that, yeah. While, while for us, it especially nowadays, it, are you actually going to put your life, like that it, you could stop breathing from this action. And and we face that every day with the Ahmaud Arbery, you know, taking a just an exercise for cardio, just running down the street. Is is that that's one of those things. Your life is going to be on it. And and, and now it's it's at the face for myself, bro, because for those listen listen to our previous um two episodes. Um, we'll, we'll get the second one up. Well, this will be our second one because we're going to upload this raw w- without editing it. Um, just listen to all three of our episodes because, excuse me, what we recorded in our previous episode was that we express our different personalities. And my personality is I do not initiate um, confrontation. I do, I am a protector. Where if I see someone being mistreated, I... I, I know it's like innate for me, no matter who it is, to you know take mm-hmm. up for that person, to see what's going on, and and as a person of African descent, seeing people being killed for no for like no reason, like the man had a 
bro, in George Floyd's case, bro, they were pursuing him uh, a forgery right. on a check. <laughs> a forgery on a check involves five officers. Not only five officers, there's also video before they got him on the concrete, they are literally fighting this man while he is handcuffed in the back seat of a police um, SUV. And it's bananas, bro. It's that situation and on the inside of me personally. I can't, I can't let that go on, man. And that's, and you know, I, I'm in these, in these situations, bro, that it, it's like the, as you mentioned, the silent protest, it, and people in the, not necessarily approving of people who are looting and for selfish endeavors mm-hmm. to steal or looting for, you know, maybe for something else. The people that are enraged because they're feeling what I'm feeling or their personal emotions that are a variation of, as we said, depression because no one is listening. Mm-hmm. Nothing has changed. It's just being emotionally tired, and it also an 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 action for of protecting um, your family. Because if I make the choice to do this and go out here and protest and be with these people who could possibly uh, choose actions that are opposed to what I support, such as being around somebody who's going to throw something in somebody's in a business window. I'm choosing to proceed to go out there because I have this child in my home that's going to be an adult. And not even being an adult, they're, they, even as a kid, their life is threatened because of the color of their skin is a threat. It's, uh, it's definitely maddening, man. And I can definitely relate to you on that. Um, just because it's, I'm in the same boat. You know, I'm in the same boat too. Like I have these, I have these mm-hmm. ideas that I would love to stand up for, um, <clears throat> but it becomes a point of, am I willing to put my, am I willing to be a civil disobedient person at the risk of not only my my life but the lives of the people in my house, that sort of thing. Um, you know, so because you know, just like you, I have a, I have a child under the age of five. <laughs> I got two kids under the age of five. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, right. so it's, a whole, <laughs> it's a whole different ball game. Not to say that the, the people that are out there now what are in the same position I am, but um, I don't know. I ain't gonna kid myself. I have a level of privilege which allows me not to do those same things that those folks are doing too. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll man up and admit that. (laughs) (laughs) What What would you say um, what would you say would be your response if if you heard if if you heard your your brother if he if he got killed by police? What would be your response? So I mean, it's an interesting question. So the point, I think the my first reaction would be is um, whoever did it needs to see their day in court. 
despite the fact that I have mm. issues with that <laughs> that avenue just because of history. Like I'm not I'm not gonna kid myself and be like, oh well, you know, because my goal was to get this person to court and once that happens, like justice has been served. Like, nah. Um Justin hasn't been served, but um just because I know the process of trying somebody in court, especially when that person is a police officer, on on most cases, like the majority of those cases, the, the, nothing happens with that. So that in itself is a miscarriage of justice, which just creates more tension and anger. So like, once you get to that point, because like obviously there will be a point of anger. You'll want to, you know, you'll wish things, you'll say things, you'll hope things, but. Um, it's hard to say what I would do just because um, like it's it's like that's a that's a really tragic moment because like um, that's a real tragic moment to have to face um, and have to make a choice like am I going to wig out or am I going to try to keep my senses um, I would like to think that I would keep my senses but <laughs> you know you know, like like most people when it's family, it's, the cards are different. Um, you know, yeah. And the thing, like, it's even different too. Even if it's somebody that's not related to you, but because, like, you know, with your friends, those are your chosen brothers and sisters, those sorts of things. So um, that those sorts of instances hurt just as much too. You know, um, if one of you know, so like, if one of my friends was was in a position where they was, you know, killed by the police. Like I would like to think that I would be willing and able to, um, to go out there and protest and put myself out there. Mm-hmm. And I would hope that I'm able to do that. And I would definitely give myself a, a chance to do so. Um, but I also know that by trying to make that choice, I also got to look my wife in the face and tell her that, <laughs> And I got to look at my kid, you know, I got to look at my kids mm. in the face and tell them, you know, basically tell them the same thing, too. Because. Um, um, does your does your brain do, let's see if I'm like, if, if I'm, if, if you, your brain does the same as me, does your brain do reflective imagery uh, almost as if uh, a, what's that? Uh, a um, as if like you see a, a a a black male like George Floyd, you know he's laying on the ground, and a um, and you visualize your face, yeah, because it on is. his body. Do you yeah, because do that's brain the way that these things work for for any community, really. So like um, specifically with the black community, mainly because of the history of all that stuff. Like every time I see something like that happen, like I picture that being somebody that I know. Or me, um, because the reality is, is that very well could be somebody I know, or me, because <laughs> um, it's not like it's not. I'm not able to just be like, oh well, that's somebody else, you know, that that's happening to. Like, no, because that person looks like me, and because I, I I'm aware, I'm always mm. aware of like, um, and I don't know if this is this a paranoid, you know, like an anxiety thing or what, but like you know, when I'm out in the world, like, I'm always aware of my blackness. Um, no matter how mm. comfortable I might seem 
in a certain situation, I'm always aware of my blackness, um, which can be a source of frustration and in a source of empowerment um, at times. So, but mm. at least in instances like this, like, you know, you could run down the list of all people that's been, you know, news stories for this sort of issue, like, you know, being shot, killed by people who's supposed to be upholding the law like that. Um, you know, that hurts. That makes me, fr- that makes me insanely frustrated. Like I'm always telling people, um, mm. like for instance, I'm always fond of saying whenever I refer to like police stops or whatever, like I love, I would love to be able to get angry uh, with having the police in my rear view mirror pulling me over for some random traffic violation. Like I would love to have the option to get mad, yeah. <laughs> but I can't. <laughs> Like, you know, I can't because I know the consequences <laughs> outweigh the benefits, you know, in that situation. Like, I could very well not come home that day. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and it exactly. really ticks me off when people are like, oh, well, you know, just do everything that the cop is telling you and you'll be able to go home. Like, nah, man, I, we've seen this. I've seen this video before. I've heard the stories. Like, <laughs> I've seen those scars. Nah, I'm good. <clears throat> And that's upsetting, bro. Ooh, that's deep that you said that. I hope I hope listeners caught that. You said you said I I've yeah. seen these scars before. Because they're not just my scars, mm-hmm. man. Because like you know, like my whole family, and I'm sure your family mm-hmm. has similar stories too. Where you know, so and so got stopped by the cops. They ain't make it home, or they went straight to jail, and nobody seen them since. Like you know, <laughs> those things happen. Those things happen to people mm-hmm. all the time, man. Or um. And so, like, it's, it's, don't get me wrong, like, so, like, as tragic and as crazy and wild as it is that people are out here in Louisville throwing bricks and stuff through windows and stealing whatever, whatever they're stealing out there, like, um, Mm. that sucks, because, like, some business is hurting because of that. It could be, could be a black business, could Mm -hmm. be a, you know, a regular, a non-black business, you know. Whatever the case may be, like those people are hurting. But like the point you made earlier, like these people are making a conscious decision to do stuff like that because of the very hurt that they feel and the very invisible, um, you know, I guess invisible mentality that they have because people, people ain't listening, man. Like at least the people that have power to do something. Uh, like we, we, ha- the American people yeah. have power. Like I'm not gonna sit there and be, try to be like, oh, we're just hopeless pawns in some random game. Like, nah, like, American people have power. We just fail to yield it on a large scale for a lot of different levels, man. And that's sad on another another level, but... Yeah, man, you, you hit it. You hit it right on the nail, man. Like, scars, trauma. Um, one more question, man. Like, would you say as, as a, you know, a former active... Uh, military, for those listeners who uh, didn't listen to the first episode, uh, Quentin is, uh, is was, a, was a Marine and he served for many years. Would you would you actually say, and it's okay if you don't uh, believe so, because I, I also, as we always say, like I'm also always eager to listen to someone who has a different point of view. Would you say that um, the person of, person of African descent um, can experience PTSD. I know that has been uh, something, an argument people has 
made the last few years. Do I think the people of African descent can ha- can experience PTSD? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just from their everyday life, like yeah. with these situations. I don't see, like, anybody that, like, most of the people that mm-hmm. don't agree with that aren't black. I'm just going to be honest with you. And the one, and the, mm-hmm. like, seriously, at least in, in my opinion, <laughs> now, the people that are black that do feel that way, like, mm-hmm. they really need to do some self examination, like, seriously, mm-hmm. and think about. Well, maybe, give me, give us your personal definition of PTSD. What would you say as a, as a soldier man, like if so, if a friend, I know you mm-hmm. have probably friends, associates have, have experienced it, if well, you didn't experience it yourself. So Give I actually have a friend um, who I was in the service with who is, who who has PTSD, but it's not anything that's really connected to his, like it's kind of connected to his service, but not really, you know, that sort of thing. It's basically he's carrying wounds from his entire lifetime, right? Um, so in the area he grew up, he grew up in a mm-hmm. lot rougher place than I grew up in. Um, and so, like, I don't mm. want to speak out of turn, but <clears throat> I'll just say, like, um, him joining the military and then, like, the, the stress of being in being mm-hmm. an active duty Marine or being in any service, honestly, like, there you incur a lot of stress on your body that mm-hmm. the average person doesn't accrue. Like, so we used to joke when we were in the service, like, they should age us like dog ears <laughs> for the amount of crap. Yeah, for the amount of crap that you got to put up with, not only from your chain command, but from your personal life, too, you know? Because, like, you know, um, mm-hmm. the divorce rate, like, you look at any statistics, so, like, look at divorce rates for uh, service folks. That's, it's, it's astronomical um, compared to, like, normal society. Like, um, yeah, and so, like, you have those, and then, you know, like, stress, man, stress, stress creates PTSD, period. I don't care what nobody got to say about it. Um, mm. I would like to have someone try to convince mm. me otherwise, but I'm telling them they got their work cut out for them, mm-hmm. um, especially when it comes to black and brown people. Um, they accrue a lot more stress than most mm-hmm. other non, you know, like their white counterparts, let's just be real. Um but I'm not going to kid myself and try mm. to pretend like there aren't, you know, white guys out there that have dealt with the same thing. Like if you grew up. So, for instance, if you grew up in a household that was abusive, um, you have PTSD. Like if you witnessed people mm-hmm. being abused in your neighborhood mm. uh, and maybe not had it in your household where you grew up with. Like if you witnessed it in your neighborhood, that, that could be a source of PTSD. Like these are things that I've learned in my um, lifetime going to counseling and, and therapy and stuff like that too. So, um, you know, you can put like the, because the mind is a really crazy and powerful thing. Like you can put your, you can make, P, you can put yourself in areas like your mind could create PTSD pockets just by nature of like the way your brain thinks. Like <laughs> it's weird, man, but it's true. Mm, like, um, yeah. Yeah, I happen to believe, be a believer that black people um, have her, do suffer from PTSD. And a lot of times it ain't got nothing to do with their own personal experience, but like experiences from their parents, from their parents' parents. Because it's the same thing, like, um, you know, because like the scriptures are talking about like generational sin. So if generational sin exists, like, so like the idea that, 
you know, what your grandfather's grandfather did falls down the tree to you on some level like that. Like, I feel like that's true. I've, I've kind of, I feel like I've identified some things in my own personal (laughs) family tree that's, that, that highlights at least that portion of the Bible. So I'll think of it like, okay, so if generational sin is true. And then like, you look at all these studies about PTSD, um, and they, they even do it with animals. So like, mm-hmm. what was it? I think I heard a, or read a study about, um, or somebody made a correlation between a study with animals, whereas cow, this, this cow was put in this fenced area and the fence was like electrified or whatever. And so the, the cow got burnt on his mm-hmm. nose. Um, and then like the cow got burnt on his nose while it was pregnant. Right, because it was like great, it was grazing or whatever, and so like, mm. um, mm-hmm. after it got burnt and gave birth to the baby, the, that calf never went in that area ever again. <laughs> so like, so like the uh, wow. you know, I'll have to look up that that study to see, you know, to get to at least hammer it down like a hundred percent. But you know, assuming that that study's factual, like that's some. <laughs> That's some that's some seriously interesting and powerful stuff. Like you mean to tell me this cow gets burnt on the nose and has a scar, and then the the, the cow's baby who had never mm-hmm. even knew the fence existed was like, well, I guess we can't go over there no more. Like like once like once it was born. So the stuff that's exhibited yeah. in animals, I can't believe that's not exhibited in human beings because, you know, like. You know, for me and you, the history of lynchings are a real thing. Like that stuff is not; those aren't those aren't fake stories, <laughs> right? <laughs> not only so, not only are right. you know, not only do we carry that wound from our great grandparent, great great grandparents, like literally not that long ago, for real. Mm-hmm. People can pretend it is, but like for real, I'm like three generations removed from like my grandparents being like actual slaves or sharecroppers. Um, that's crazy. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, man, so, no, man, like, a lot of what, a lot of people try to tell you about, you know, history, like, oh, man, that don't matter enough now, like, you can try to believe, people, I, I will leave that to other people to believe, but I'm not going to be the one, man, because, again, um, I feel like the, the signs are there, man, they really are, we just got to pay attention to them. I believe so too, man. I believe, um, you know, people of African descent, as you pointed out, you know, people who was in like maybe in uh, abusive parenting, uh, you know, they they could experience it too. Yeah, and 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 then like just like it's called post post traumatic. Mm-hmm. Stress disorder. So post means it's after the fact. You know, as you said, it's stress, heavy amount of stress, and traumatic. So I mean, trauma, uh, recovering from an experience or witnessing a terrifying event. You know, that is the definition of PTSD. So if you experienced it or witnessed it, so we're witnessing, you know, gun violence um, in the community. Um, we're witnessing police brutality. 
you know, we're witnessing these things. We, as you said, experienced it, whether firsthand or our parents experienced it firsthand. And as you said, it's that altering DNA. And so, you know, with science, um, uh, repetition, uh, uh, routine can alter the DNA. That has been scientifically proven. So if, as you said, lynching, experience lynches, and whether someone was lynched, it was a great grandfather, or, you know, they, their father, they, they viewed their father being lynched, you know, those are, after you're grained, a child, an innocent child is grained to be cautious of police, to be cautious of their actions. You, you don't have the same freedom as your counterpart. And listeners, uh, Quentin and myself both have associates, friends of, of that are diverse. You know, we don't just have uh, black friends, African uh, descent friends. We have wide range, and and you know that's the it's a it's a constant conversation. You know, my well being. Going back to what we talked about earlier in the episode, my well being, my mental well being, is 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 being traumatized. You know, I'm getting fatigued. I'm, I'm, I'm getting irritable. I'm, I'm, I feel helpless. You know, it's, it's all those things, and it's just, just some, it's just, you know, it, it's something that you can describe. While describing it doesn't justify the emotion that can be understood. So I have a question for you. Do you have, so mm-hmm. um, obviously you just referenced friends, right? So outside of our, uh, outside of black circles, do mm-hmm. you have, um, like when you have conversations with your non, you know, African descent pe- friends, like do you, how do they perceive like your, mm-hmm. uh, or at least your, do they think about your emotional content or are you able to express that to them like in any way? I have one friend, uh, and he's a good he's a he's a good friend of mine, and uh, I, I I I love him tremendously. And um, his wife reached out. It's, it literally spun my head, bro. His wife mm-hmm. reached out and texted my wife the other day and said, um, "Hey, how are you and Joseph doing?" Um, um, we're just checking on you. We're here for you if you need us. I know it's a lot with COVID nineteen and these recent situations. It's that like basically she she wanted like she was like you know you all can reach out to us like that was a huge open door. Maybe there's this there's this one family that my wife and I we have as a friend. Maybe her usual friend said this to her and she didn't make me aware of it. As far as I know, none none of her and my wife has more white friends than I do. None of them mm-hmm. has sent a message like that, you know, in the last week. And so this person, it's one of those situations <laughs> that my my wife, like my friend, and and I are pretty close. And my mm-hmm. wife and his wife aren't that close. Uh, and so that's what that was another thing that just threw me yeah. for a loop. So that was pretty awesome. Have I have I had those conversations with with any of my white friends? No, I would actually say I only have 
two white friends, <laughs> all the rest are associates. And and it's it's and the two white friends it's it's a little bit situations like this, I don't want to I don't want to educate you. I don't want to do one on one. No, mm-hmm. there's college courses. There's one on one, two on one. But I don't want to give you. I don't want to teach. Give you courses on right. black hurt in America while expressing my information. And that's the. That's what you have to deal with, in my experience, and with white friends, is that when when you have a black friend mm-hmm. and you're expressing your frustration, like I did this week. They know they well, some black because I know not all. Uh, I'm realizing I don't know. I'm <laughs> I'm realizing that not all people of African descent in America feel the same way as you and I are expressing today, and it's blo- it blows literally blows my mind. <laughs> like I don't care what <laughs> I don't care what income level you was brought up on or that you're on now. I don't care if you are making six figures and your parents made six seven figures. You experienced some racism. You just, you know, just, you know, buried it inside yeah, your head. Like, PTSD just, anyway, <laughs> so like, like I can share, man, and I can share those thoughts with him, and mm-hmm. he knows what I'm, what I'm feeling. You know what I mean? While I, with, I've noticed with my white friend, this this one white friend. He is completely, he's 40, is in his 40s, early 40s, and he is completely oblivious to what's going on. So he's, he's in this racial reconciliation class with, mm-hmm. with us, uh, our church is hosting. And there's a couple times where I've expressed um, no comment that are with you no know, convictions and emotions. He approaches me with a whole open heart and just like, Joseph, I had no idea, you know, this, this, um, something like, he's like, I'm going to go look this up. And, and you can tell somebody, at least I can, I can tell somebody that's BSing me and I can tell somebody that's genuinely making a statement. And so I can see, I could discern in his eye that it was genuine. And at that moment, that was cool. There was no, I could give him that tutorial and educate him. There was nothing going on currently at that time. This was a couple months ago, um, last year, into last year. Now, if he was to do that, I was like, I, I don't have time for that. You know what I mean? And it's, I would be frustrated, and I would be frustrated because it's like it's it's, it's it still supports the system of injustice. And mm-hmm. our voices not being heard. Because you can go 40 years <laughs> and not understand this. And really, actually, now, I appreciate you opening your heart. You, you went 40 years and not understanding this. So that means that we literally are upset, which supports us looting and which supports us going out there with, with violent protests of saying, we're not heard, you're not hearing us. Mm-hmm. This person, that's a friend, went forty years not like you know what? Let me let me actually look up about how police was was started. Let me actually look up you know like um, injustice on black people. Like it's just like goals over win. Like it's it's bananas and like that's one of the things that 
that frustrates me. I know it's their truth, and it frustrates me that when I'm in this first reconciliation class and these people mm-hmm. that are 40 years old or older that are saying they grew up in these white communities and race wasn't something that they talked about. And I'm just, and I'm really, uh, and, you know, before these most recent events, I usually am puzzled not ang- while not being angry. I'm maintaining a calm. I don't know how we have a meeting this coming up Tuesday. I don't know how I'm going. I, I've been thinking about, you know, should I not attend? Should I attend, express myself with this wrong motion or just attend and not say anything? Because I, I really, it just blows my mind that, you know, if you're a minority in America, you have to research not only on mm-hmm. the majority on like, you know, white history, you have to research mm-hmm. and incline about other people. And if you, and so it's bananas, bro. They're like, literally they, like they have no clue. And so, so I haven't opened up the door for that. So I, I know that was a long, uh, mm-hmm. no extended answer for your question. I haven't, that was my answer. And I haven't opened up the door in, in summary of that, because I don't want to give a crash course of black hurt. <laughs> that's fair. Um, that's fair. One thing I would push back on as far as your meeting, and I this is obviously totally up to you still, but I would try to I would try to attend it if I were you. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly because um, mm-hmm. you can In order for, I I feel like a lot of times in order for more white people to understand blacker they have to see it um, and see what it looks like because it looks differently than they mm. you know than white people hurt um and i only say that because like and that this it's a i think it's i feel like it's a revelation that i've come to more recently um just through just an examination of my own emotional content. So like a lot for a large percentage of my life, I've felt like the only uh, emotion I could exhibit in public is anger. Uh, <laughs> Cause you know, like I feel like mm. some people, or at least, uh, I don't know, maybe it was my, my idea of not being able to trust the rest of the world to handle the rest of my emotions. Um, you know what I'm saying? Because like, um, mm just because of all the mm-hmm. other all the other historical issues with like you know uh you know you don't want to be thought of as like the angry black dude in public that sort of thing blah 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 you know so like um and so <laughs> right. like for me I'm right. always checking my emotions mm-hmm. on some level no don't do that no don't do that no don't do that whereas nowadays um you know I'm becoming more comfortable with you know hey man you having this emotion let's sit in this and if somebody has something to say about it, check them about it. <laughs> like mm-hmm. That sort of thing. Like, like, nah, man, I'm a human being. I have emotions. Right. I'm not. I'm not happy all the time. Yes, I do get depressed. Um. <clears throat> yes, I get angry. And if you can't deal with it, that's your problem. You know what I'm saying? Because, because mm-hmm. in the reality, like at least in, <laughs> yeah. for your own mental sanity, like I feel like that's important. Um, and so, like, <clears throat> I don't know. I. I feel like if you weren't to attend the 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 meeting, 
you can miss out on something, you know, you can miss out on not only a breakthrough for yourself, but um, obviously you're not going there to help somebody else break through something, but it is important for people who haven't really had that experience to experience it because um, the low, the older they get, the more mm-hmm. they can see it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, and they see it every day when they turn yeah. on the TV, they just don't know what they're looking at. Um. Mm-hmm. and that's the thing man that goes to um, that goes to what we discussed in our last episode about you know people that are white that adopt black children they have no they have no idea what mm-hmm. they what they are getting into it is literally <laughs> they they don't know bro and it's like even if no, those who, who are doing it out of love and who are, you know, actually showing unconditional love to that child, you know, despite their cultural racial difference, that I support you 100%. I, bro, you, it's, when I took Jemiah into bed, you know, I pray over her strength as a woman, her safety as a woman, then I pray over her strength as a black woman because one, I know how it is to be, you know, just African descendant America. And, and I don't know until her mom tells me mm-hmm. of what it's like to be a black woman. So I know that if you are tucking in your, your, your child and you have a black child and you adopted them, mm-hmm. you're tucking them in because you love them. I believe you're taking them because you love them, I and mean, you're you're praying over them. If you're if you're a person of faith and you pray over your child, you're praying over them out of fear, which is you no know, generally what parents do when their children get older. Because as my dad used to say, or my mom used to say, you know, your children go from being on your knee to being on your heart when they get older, um, and you know because you have they have to make their choices and they're interacting with people. You know, you're praying over because you have that fear. And you're like, oh, I'm seeing what's happening in the news. Is when you're like, mm-hmm. it's a different anguish, is what I'm what I'm expressing. It's just like I, I don't know. I'm having a black child. Yeah. No, I know that anguish. Having a son, oh bro, oh bro, my goodness, I don't even try to. Having a child, you no, know, is another. Is, is a territory in mm-hmm. itself. Having a black son, bro, that's, dude, like, there's so much. Because as a male, you are teaching your child, despite the, the, the blended lines of, 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 of gender in nowadays, I believe as a male, you are to teach your child, your son, how to protect. If it's not, it's not about women can't protect themselves. So you're teaching them how to prove protect. It's your job. You don't have to be the rock, um, mask, you know, physique to protect. You can be seen and protect mm-hmm. with your mind. Your job is to protect. Your job is to make it in life. Persevere. You know, if anything, um, you're, you're mm-hmm. taught to persevere and never compromise. I, I would say no matter what, if I was just, you know, could possibly 
throw some like what are some general things that you would, would teach your son i would say you want to you want to teach him to persevere you want to teach him to not compromise and then mom and my household my mom taught me how to persevere while she also taught me to compromise and what i mean about that is that she told me she taught me how to to bury like mm-hmm. bury certain things to make it in corporate america certain certain things my voice my mannerism, you know, as quote unquote code switching. While my father taught me, he was like, You be you, Joseph. You be you. And that and and mm-hmm. even though my father and I haven't had the best relationship, as I grow older, I cleave onto his words mm-hmm. because reality like what happened this week supports what mm-hmm. he said. You know, persevere and be you. And you have to teach a young boy. A black man has to teach a young boy to persevere while be yourself. And being yourself in America can get you killed. That's the crazy thing, bro. And and persevering could get persevering in America isn't fair. You can persevere and get your degree after making the mistake like any boy does because the, the male brain doesn't develop until age 25 if he hasn't had any, you know, anything mm-hmm. like um, being incarcerated, um, you know, jeopardize the development of his brain. Bro, like you have to, so even if you did were incarcerated, you know, all boys, no matter what race, go through these, you know, rebellion areas that sometimes are longer. Even if you survive that, persevere, get your degree, work hard, learn two languages, you still might not get that job that is in your profession because of those years, of those ghosts from those years, while Billy Bob over here would have the same ghost and still doesn't have the same accolades as you, he will get that job. You still have to persevere. Those are the conversations of perseverance that we have to have with, with sons, with boys. And even right now, I don't have a son. It would literally, I'm imagining myself having these conversations of perseverance well, how do you, my son and, and crying, bro. I, def, I, um, and crying. I understand. I definitely understand that, uh, that for sure. Um, the question I have for for that is, uh, so how do you, do you, um, mm-hmm. so what will be the lessons you aim to teach your daughter? Because um, obviously, because like you said right now, you don't have a son. and But, um, so mm-hmm. would you have, well, no, I teach I my daughter, say, will you have, like, oh, what, like, what lessons will you have for your daughter because I would argue it's probably a bit harder for Mm -hmm. her just because Mm -hmm. um, obviously because traditionally for black women it's been you know ten times harder to to get any kind of foothold in the world (laughs) as opposed to black males Um, and again I say this as the father of two daughters who happen to be multiracial so like they're they're you know saying, so like for your daughter your yeah. daughter's challenges will be different than my daughter's, 
both of them just because of nature of like mm-hmm. color of their skin, which is which is ridiculous. And I didn't know the challenges that people of you know children that are excuse me I didn't know the 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 challenges that the children that are mixed had until I watched the documentary of Alicia Keys and Halle Berry. Halle uh, in, in Halle Berry's documentary was the one that really took the cake out of the two. I, I think there was maybe a little bit of you know expression of being mistreated for being mixed. But in Alicia Keys' story, that story, Halle Berry dude had things on written on her mailbox, you know, and so I was just like, wow. And so you know, you're right about that, man. There's just stories that like I don't, I don't even know. You know what I mean? That you, that, you know, as I friendship just hearing the stories that you tell me. Sorry about that. We had a, a small interruption. The babies woke up. You alright, baby? <laughs> our 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 uh our um community the the uh <laughs> our community um needs to hear Needs to hear a good father, <laughs> good parenting. So yeah, <laughs> it's all right. Right. Need right. music to drive by. Community needs to to hear that. Um, <laughs> to answer your question, bro, I I teach her, I teach her the same, and it's even more. It's a different anguish. I think on due to I think on just mm-hmm. no. Um, hardships for women, and I'll be honest and transparent. How I treated women before, you mm-hmm. know, about the love of my life and had a daughter, and so I know that in my <laughs> era of my way, I'm like, oh, let's try like dry food and like it just like it just. Like it this it didn't like literally, bro. When I like when I touch my wife, I'm like I tell myself like that's that's Mr. Tim's daughter because I think about like <laughs> I think about like when my daughter gets old and she gets and she gets married, like <laughs> no, I don't want to know about them touching each other. Right, right, However, right. I want him to be respectfully touching my old body. <laughs> so so well, it's just like. It's all of that, bro. So I still teach her those two principles with those memories in the back of my head, and just and I and I I want my daughter to be, despite that we're not the same gender, I want her to be able to tell me anything. So that's why I, was, I catch myself to, to I remind myself to catch myself to not harping on when she lies on our certain deceptions. Because I want, I don't want her to grow and and, and rationalize in her mind. Last time I told Daddy the truth, mm-hmm. he did this. So I'm not gonna tell him right. the truth at all, and she just avoids communicating with me. So I want that door to remain open because I don't, I don't want to just hear it from the wayside from my wife. <laughs> she just tells me, "Don't you say tell her I told you." And I'm just like, I don't want that. <laughs> yeah, if it's something that I know I need to teach her something. I I want her to come to me so I can teach her. I don't want to tiptoe around me teaching her a lesson about 
persevering yeah. and, and and you know reminding her to be herself. And so like I still te- I, I still teach on those mm-hmm. two principles because those two principles are important to me in general. I teach those to like kids I mentor. So I teach her to persevere, be herself. Because um, I don't know how how from personal experience how catty girls are. Yet my wife and has it has confirmed that the the uh, the stereotype that women girls are catty and and whatever in middle school is ridiculously difficult for them mm-hmm. because of like manipulation and, and all of that. Like that is what I was like mm-hmm. pray for and teach her to, for perseverance and be herself in that. Because my daughter is mm-hmm. is like she is extremely loving. It's like she has so both my wife and I have both grew up where we had we've always had um, mm-hmm. a diverse friendship or associate group of associates. So she has that that in her. She also has that mm-hmm. so my wife is a person that thinks of others. So she has that dynamic from my wife. So my wife, like if you become a friend of my wife, she knows your birthday. It it really pisses her off. She she gets mad mm-hmm. at herself if she forgets somebody that she's actually friends with birthday. <laughs> she like and I'm just like, oh my goodness, it'll be okay if mm-hmm. you tell them happy belated birthday. I don't say it mm-hmm. like that in my head because I know that really means something to her. And so so my daughter has that element of my wife. And then she has my element mm-hmm. of um of empathy. So I'm strongly empathetic. So she has all of that. So basically, that's just a big heart right. can be crushed at any time. <laughs> so so I'm just like, mm-hmm. so I'm always telling her to be herself. And I know she's going to, I'm like, I just always want to be reminding her, remind her stuff. Like when she experienced where the stereotype mm-hmm. girl stuff or people just abusing her big heart. I'm just like, be yourself, baby girl. Uh, and just, you know, if you have to think for yourself, you know, don't just be like, but sometimes she'll just be like, and that's another thing. She just trusts people. <laughs> that would say that's blatantly me. I'm going to just put that out there. That's, that was, Bora, I trust people easily, bro. Even now I got to watch it because I've just, somebody's nice to me repeatedly. I'm like, you know what? We're cool. Nope. That's false. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh man, so I, I'm a, so she's like that is me, bro. I always have to pump my brakes and be like, don't be so quick to mm-hmm. say to be like, oh, we're they friends. People will show real quick. Yeah, man. <laughs> but what about yourself? What would you say? Uh, the the world you teach your big, daughter? The world is a big place, but it's small at the same time, and. um you know, like, so things that I want my daughters to learn are, uh, well, be yourself, number one. Um, you, you, life's too short to be trying to be somebody else. Um, uh-huh. And, you know, just um, that uh-huh. she can, that they can do, they can do anything they put their mind to, um, both good and bad. <laughs> you know, so. Uh-huh. Um, and mm-hmm. like so one of the things I'm hoping for is uh resilience. So like my wife and I are always talking about how do we make our kids resilient and my response is always, Well, they're gonna have to live through some stuff. 
Um, and so, you know, how do they, how do yeah. they deal? How yeah. do they do that? They're going to have to be confronted with it. Uh, you know, you're going to be confronted with hardships. Um, mm-hmm. But I also want them to know, like, just because it's hard don't mean that, you know, um, that you can't do it. <laughs> um, mm, and, yeah, right. So, so those are some of the things that I'm trying to teach them is, uh, just be yourself, number one. Um, <clears throat> and then just uh, work hard, work hard and try to persevere through anything that comes your way. Oh, yeah. And uh, the last one is uh, have fun because life is too short to be yeah, stuck in shirts. Yes, that's a good one. I'm learning that now. Just have fun. Have fun. (laughs) Because otherwise, otherwise, you know, that's a good one, bro. Your life will get old real quick. Nobody like no old stuffy shirts. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, I want to point out, bro. I know uh, that when you told me when we first. Um, when we were probably just associates, um, you told me about a, a, a time when you <laughs> when you <laughs> when you first uh, got married, and uh, I forgot what what uh, situation mm. national situation happened uh, regarding police brutality. Your wife wasn't letting you go out, and when you did <laughs> return home, she was just like, <laughs> like putting on locks, <laughs> and like I laughed, bro. Uh, I thought that was cool, man. Like, I, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, you know, we have we've we've had this discussion before. Just like, moms, like, you know, regards of interracial relationship, like, like, is there any type of you know, you know, insecure motives that that are first in that? And you know, I believe you and Adrian truly love each other, and she loves you, and so like. Like listening to certain mm-hmm. stories that you tell me, I'm like that their relationship is built on love, and and that right there is just is just is awesome because I was like, mm-hmm. you know, she loves him. She yeah, gets, yeah, she, she's like, you're not going nowhere. Like a lot of times, she's amazed and she's blown away. Like she's like, wow, I used to believe like some of these people out here. She's like, I have no clue who that person is anymore. <laughs> Like she's joking. <laughs> <laughs> she and that's right. Like the other night, and she goes, "Oh, she's about to say she's she like, was joking." What, what? Are you going to change about me? He's <laughs> like, "I used to be a Republican. Now I'm a Democrat." <laughs> <laughs> and then she said a couple other things. And I, like, I said, well, "Oh my goodness, stick around." <laughs> So I got, I got a question. Do you find, uh, have you seen, observed, and maybe you just like, you know, quietly observed and you never mentioned it to your wife or or the other? Um, have you has has your wife been like, quote unquote, woke? Like when she's around, like like her white family members or friends, like when they make certain statements or stuff like that. She was like, wait, that's not. Not true, oh, yeah. are like no, how yeah. is that? Like, have, have you seen a growth or a change in your life? Like, yeah, no, that's, not, that's not what it is. 
or you know, or a lot of you know, honestly, there's, um, but the top, so like when those incidents happen, the topic has to be real, you know, salacious. Like, yeah, like no, 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 wait, wait, no, that's not no. Um, mm. But a lot of times she does, uh, like me, she'll try to she tries to avoid those situations just because she uh, she doesn't like conflict on that level. Mm. Which I, I understand. Um, I don't mind, but uh, there's a lot of. Mm-hmm. So I think it's kind of a give and take. So like some, she picks. She definitely wise enough to pick her battles and choose. Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, she ain't shrinking from that nothing, but she definitely knows not mm-hmm. fly, You know, dropping bombs on every issue because <laughs> not every issue needs. You know, not mm-hmm. every issue needs to be. Uh, <laughs> like that, which is what I respect about her. Um, but she she did not pull no punches about her babies. No, no, no. <clears throat> and, <laughs> and yeah, so, um, <clears throat> I was just thinking um, a little while back about a friend of. I think uh, I think that's good, bro. I think that's good. Yeah. I also want to stupid. It's saying it's trying to reconnect. Like, what the world? Trying to, like, a friend of mine brought to my attention that there are four different types of, of social act- activism. And I had no clue, bro. And and he is a, a, um, and, and, and his, like an African history teacher, African American history teacher, and like, and so there's four different types of, of social activism. I'm gonna list them, and it's it's gonna blow your mind. And so he took there's citizen, reformer, rebel, and change agent. Citizen is a person mm. that is grounded in the center of society and protects against changes of extremism. It's most positive and wide held values. Democracy, freedom, justice, and nonviolence. And so that's citizen. Reformer is someone who uses a variety of means, lobbying, legal action, elections, monitor success by assuring enforcement, expand success, and guard against backlash. A rebel is someone that says no, you know, puts problems in public spotlights, is strategic, and they're exciting, courageous, risky. The change agent, they are like mass-based grassroots organizing and they pr- promote alternatives and um, they educate, convince, involve majority of citizens. So that is like, those are those uh, social activists. And he was telling me, he was like in, you know, protest in regards of civil rights that have been broken down, that's, that's on those is like, he said, you have the observer. So the observer protester is a person and that's his lane, is the person that if they say something, they stand afar, they're not, they're not in the back. They, I mean, they're not in the back of the, of the group of the protesters. They're far off. It's like if they say something, mm-hmm. they, if they hear something being presented that they agree with, you know, they'll shout out, like, for example, uh, say her name, Brianna Taylor. He'll do that. Mm-hmm. Um, if they see some mistreatment, they'll, they'll, they'll engage and interact. Um, to a protester, he'll gauge and interact. They're there to gather information so they can educate people. 
So he is a professor. He's been a professor a couple schools, I believe. Um, and he takes what he watches because he's been in a wide range of protests. He takes the data that he collects and those, and he actually educates. So, which is, which I found, and I'm not just saying it because he's a friend, I think that is critical because you can't have everybody on the front line. If you have everybody on the front line, they won't be able to tell the story. So he's critical. People that's in his area are critical, especially someone in his profession, because they can actually, they can change and make impact in that manner of educating. You know, he's creating courses um, and all of that. So he can educate maybe white people that are even black people and anybody Mm -hmm. who doesn't agree are seeks to, you know, dive in to these uh, these messages. So he told me about that. He told me about the observer. Now, now this is the stuff that I don't know if it's going to knock your socks off, but it knocks my socks off when he was breaking this down to me, mm-hmm. what I'm about to say. Then he said, you have the, um, the people on the front line. The people on the front line, bro, are supposed to do what you see captured in media. Like they're supposed to, you know, flip off whoever they're, whoever they're, you know, uh, voicing out their their disapproval. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to, you know, uh, throw stuff. They're supposed to, you know, initiate conflict. That's what they're supposed to do. What they're not supposed to do is run away when, in this particular instance the police shoot rubber bullets why because if they're committing to that role the the reason is the people that are on the front row are saying not only are they taking the responsibility to take those actions of initiating and voicing out the disapproval they are also mm-hmm. uh committing to the response that the police might do so when they start shooting rubber bullets on friday those type of right. people shouldn't have ran back because they're causing harm to people who are in the second uh, line or who people who are the observers. And that blew my mind, that knowledge, bro. I was like, what? He said, yes. He said, he said that's why So that's why people in the Black Lives Matter here in Louisville are actually verbally saying what times they are actually doing things because people are coming out of state and people who are recklessly protesting, they're trying to distinguish between those so they can actually get a response that is a, uh, a resolution, you know, from the mayor, a resolution from the state. So anyway, so when she saw this on Friday, she was like, no, don't y'all run this direction because they're calling people harm. So that's the front line. The second line are the people who who have the sign. They are the people who should are the ones that have the sign. The people in the front line line don't have the signs and the observers don't have the sign. The people who are on the second line, they are the ones that have the signs. They actually say, you know, Black Lives Matter, they do the chant. The people on the front line are in unison with the second line because they are actually doing things to show um, to take the repercussions because that's you know that's their responsibility if they get locked up that's a part of the protest because they're saying i am accepting this repercussion of me being you know a rebel being 
and standing voicing out my opinion on, on this injustice. If they get hit with a bullet, you know, they're not going to put on social media, you know, I got hit with a bullet, blah, blah, blah. I shouldn't have got hit with a bullet. They, they're going to say instead, I took that bullet for what I'm fighting for. And I was just like, wow. So there is organization and structure in protest. Yeah, yeah there has to be. Uh, and I feel, I feel like that's got to be, you know, like a throwback to some – to at least to the civil rights era of like as far as how organization goes mm-hmm. within a protest. Um, but yeah, I don't think I've ever thought about it or uh, looked into it that deeply before. But that, mm-hmm. that's super interesting though. I might, Bro. Have, to, I might have to do that. And I had to send you the, the, the link that because that, uh, that I told I said, Bro, you need to start uh, uh, you need to do a curriculum on this. And he's like, nah, bro, people know. I'm like, bro, I'm telling you, bro. No, do not know. Most, your average, the average person doesn't understand it. <laughs> when they see it on TV, they think it's a bunch of the hoodlums out there just looting stores. Right. Which is why you hear, you know, you have those talking heads on TV talking about, you know, <laughs> when the rioting starts, the shooting starts, like, all right. <laughs> Go ahead and go ahead and open that powder keg if you want to. Man, bro, nineteen sixty six all over again. I'm trying to tell you, bro, and that's that's my whole thing with it is that you know is just long term. No, don't mm-hmm. think short term. Don't think long term, and that's regardless. Yeah, what did I say? Long term, no. Oh, people got a like people in this society got a hard time doing that, man. Man, bro, and you know that's something that I'm conditioning my brain to do. You know, think long term. Like you know, chess. You know, practices like chess will help is helping me do that. Like think long term. So if you're looting them things now in the first week. Are you gonna be looting for a month? Are you gonna be like, man, shoot? Ooh, I'm tired. <laughs> like, you know. So you know, well, think I think long. that could go on for a while, but the mm-hmm. what's your end game if, if mm-hmm. you're already at that stage now? So like, mm-hmm. is, which is a great question. Like, <laughs> if you already look now, you're gonna be doing that for a month. That's a great question, man. Because um, I don't think the answer is yes, but because um, mm-hmm. to me, the the responses to such things will only get greater and greater. Mm-hmm. And I was watching the. What was it? Earlier today, I saw a video mm-hmm. of um, the of the National Guard and the police in Minnesota, right? Mm-hmm. Walking down some random block or something. And um, so the, the National Guard truck goes and about a good, you know, 30, 40 feet behind the truck is a, a gang of... Uh, just a, a giant line of police officers in riot gear mm-hmm. and walking. Now, people are standing outside their apartment buildings or whatever. Video, so whoever's got this camera is just videotaping outside their apartment. Mm-hmm. The cops stop, turn towards the people, and start firing tear gas mm-hmm. and stuff at the people on the, on the sidewalk and they own house, like of their property. I'm like, that? I was like, what the... Bro, they they're, they're being ridiculous. Like, what the? Did like, you see the? Did you see the wave now. three or WHS eleven 
um, reporter get hit in the eye? Bro, okay. Yeah, so, no, man. I heard <laughs> so about this is that. Crazy. Somebody told me about it. Uh, what was it? Somebody told me about that today. I was like, what? I'm not laughing at her pain. I'm laughing at the audacity of this police officer. And, and, and like yeah, his, yeah, his absurdity of it. Bro, the absurdity, bro. So I read the article first before I watch the video. So I'm like, so it reads, the article discloses, you know, uh, the the reporter was behind where they were supposed to be, asked the police officer where they were supposed to be, and he just shot in front of the reporter's eyes the spray. So in my mind, and this oh is a white God. reporter, in, this, in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm I don't know why. I'm giving the police officer, for some odd reason, it has to be God. I read this article and I'm like, he couldn't have, you know, blatantly hit this reporter dead in the eye. He must have been trying to shoot over them or shoot beside them to get some, to, to back the protesters up. He didn't, bro, you got to watch the video. This guy comes up and like, like me describing this doesn't do it any justice, bro. He raises up the the, the pepper spray gun. <laughs> he dead in his face, bro. Bro, bro. No, he, he did it, bro. Wait, bro. He did. He listed up dead in the face, and he's pulling the trigger to hit her the first time. He's like, "Dang it, this thing ain't working." And he puts it down, hits the chamber to make sure it's in. Raises it up again and fires it while being recorded. <laughs> what? That's ridiculous, bro. Bro, ridiculous. Like the 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 audacity, bro. Like it's just like like it's something out of like a TV show. It's like he's just, he's yeah. like he hit it. Like is this thing on? Why ain't this thing working? <laughs> oh, oh my goodness, bro. Level, man. Now I'm gonna have to check it out, man, because um. I actually, now that I think about it, one of my uh, one of my church group leaders mm-hmm. is, a, is a police officer here with LMPD. So mm-hmm. I gotta, I gotta speak. I gotta see how he's doing, man. I know he's him and his family have got to be going through. <laughs> through That's good, bro. Emotions. I know a couple of police officers, black police officers, and uh, yeah, it's got black you know, too. Yeah, and just like. Talking to them, I haven't t- spoke to them yet. You know, I saw one last week via Zoom, and um, you know, this, it has to be, it has to be hard because they can't even, you know, do anything on social media. Really, they can't. Mm-hmm. They've been, um, they've been blocked from using their their social media, directed to not use their social media. Land. So, and you know, uh, kudos, shout out to those police officers. Hopefully, all the ones that we're seeing doing it are the ones doing that the hardest. Because, you know, HR is saying, you know, their HR is saying, like, do it for good publicity. <laughs> um, mm. That are bringing water to the protesters. You know, there's there's been a couple of videos here and then I think Minnesota. I know one was here where the police officers are bringing water out. They're actually kneeling on one knee um, for injustice. They're out there with signs and with their fist up, like that's cool. Mm. Man, this is nuts. 
And I got, before we get off, man, I got, I want to ask the question that you gave to me. Have you had a conversations with any of your white friends or associates about, like, what's been happening the last week? So, and then um, we can close. Yeah, so, um, like, in particular, one, this, the, so the person that hit me up was not a shot. I wasn't shocked mm-hmm. by, um, the res- by her reaching out and the person I'm mm-hmm. referring to is my wife's best friend. Uh, mm. She reached out to me um, in the middle of last week about the, uh, you know, and, and it basically, she basically just gave, uh, gave me a, um, a note of support. Like she was, you know, she was real, like honest. It was like, look, I don't, wanted to try to pretend like I know everything that's going on with you regarding all these issues such as like the George Floyd death and everything but you know she's like I just want you to know that I'm trying to educate myself and I'm trying to um, you know and I wanted to let you know that you know we love you her you know her and her family Mm -hmm. like I said we're we're all pretty close, so um, like I said, I wasn't shocked that she reached out. But for the, uh, and then there was another another one of my buddy, another one of my friends, um, older, an older, an older gentleman, an older white white guy from church, mm. uh, who reached out to me and basically said the same thing, like, "Look, man, we're, you know, we love you. We're praying something good comes out of this, despite all this craziness, that sort of thing." So. Um, and so the two individuals that did it, I'm very aware of their, uh, you know, their attempts to try to be inclusive. Um, mm-hmm. One of which, so like my wife's friend is a school teacher. Um, she teaches, uh, she teaches here in, in the JCPS system. So, um, <clears throat> and she's, you know, she's damn good at her job. Uh, but above all that, she, you know, she, she's definitely a believer. She's a Christian. She does um, all she can to try to live up to, um, you know, the the gospel. She does her best. Um, mm-hmm. She don't. She don't take no mess. <laughs> 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 but, um, but yeah, she's good people. And so. Uh, and then uh my other friend, he's um again, like I said, he's a he's one of the guys I met in the uh in my recovery group. Mm-hmm. And so he reached out. Um he's been reaching out periodically to see how I've been doing and stuff. So um again I wasn't shocked that he reached out. Um you know, despite the fact that he's well into his seventies. And so um mm-hmm. I know he's seen a lot of this stuff before. Um mm-hmm. Growing up, you know, grew, he grew up in the South here. Uh, yeah, not here in Louisville, but just in the deep South, like Alabama, I think. Oh my! Oh yeah. So, <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but yeah. So you know, again, he's he's a real sweet. He's a real nice guy. Um, he definitely he whatever he doesn't know, he tries to find out. You know, he's he tries to engage himself pretty well. And so, like, the response from those two people, I've been, I've had conversations with them, uh, both of them, about 
these sorts of issues before, obviously, because it's not like these, <laughs> the more recent events are new, um, sadly, but yeah, uh, but yeah, man, I've been encouraged at least by those two people uh, reaching out and, um, you know, just trying to be trying to be good citizens, man, trying to be good Christians, you know. Yeah, and not you know like good legit Christians, not like you know uh, the fake ones. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, man, that's good, bro. That's good. Appreciate you sharing that, bro. Sure, man. Anytime. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing your your time too, man. I thought earlier on in this in here uh, you were going to talk about your the trip that you made to the store uh, the other day. Oh man! Didn't I say that in the last? I didn't say that in the last episode that we did. I feel like you did. I can't remember. I was thinking about that. I knew there was something I didn't say. I I don't think I did. So I'll say I'll say that. I'll say that one too before we get off. So it was speaking with Quentin and uh, about two to three Sundays ago, and um, I was coming out of my apartment complex, walking out, and I had my hood on because it was raining, and I had my face mask on because of coronavirus um, requirement, and. The property manager stops me and asks me, do I live here? I've been living here for going on two years if we're still here in September. Mm-hmm. Not only that, um, not only that, we have um, you know, raging 20-year-old tenant up above us. And and they're always having guests in and out of here. Mm-hmm. So the property manager stops me and asks me, do I live here? I pull my my mask down and I say, yeah. And then she recognizes me. She goes, oh, I'm so sorry. And I just can turn around and continue walking and continue my conversation. I was so upset. And since we've talked about it, Quentin, she tried to mm-hmm. stop me probably like the next week. And I had I had my Bluetooth in, and I didn't stop for her. I I pulled it. I made it as if I if I was um, if I was listening to music and just kept continue walking because like I you know what like if she I don't know if she um, was apologizing to be genuine or she was apologizing to cover her tracks because she was like. Mm-hmm. I just basically racially stereotype this guy. Um, <laughs> yeah. And like, bro, like, and I was just like, and I just didn't say like, because it's, it's at the same time, it's like, and this woman is, has to be in her 60s. Like, mm-hmm. what, like, that's, it's, it was in the wake of like, this is what we were talking about. And we talked about this in our last episode of when we saw the precautions, the requirements for, that was mandatory um, state regulations to wear um, protective masks. We were just like, oh, shoot. It's something that's going to make me more scared for my life. Y'all trying to kill me out here. <laughs> Man. 
and it's the, it's the crazy thing. It's the it's and it just adds fuel to my fire from from this week, bro. Like like the BS that we have to argue. Like just on that matter alone. If I tell you, and if if I tell you, and if I tell you, hey, this is making me scared for my life because I have to wear this mask all the time, and I was already my life was already in jeopardy. Now it increased, intensified. Mm-hmm. If you tell me, oh, you're just overthinking it, oh, you're always making it a race thing, oh, it's nothing, black people always do this, that pisses me off. Because <laughs> especially if you've done any type of group action, that lets me know if you're a married man and you're saying this stupid crap that you're not listening to your wife when she tells you you're doing something that hurts her. If you were a person that did any type of group activity, extracurricular sport, now let me know you was a horrible teammate because when a teammate <laughs> told you, hey, my arm is hurting, or this bothers me when I do this, can we readjust this thing? But you was complaining and calling them out because you didn't want to accommodate so y'all could successfully lead as a team. That's what all this is. Cause, so they just, like, bro, it's just bananas. Why do I have to... Why do I need to argue to you that this is intensifying my fear of my me being scared? <laughs> right, like why am I arguing with you about my experience? Like, <laughs> man, bro, it's ridiculous. Why am I arguing? One thing, and I cursed, uh, and I was intentional, and I knew I was cursing. I'm trying not to curse as much more and enlarge my, increase my vocabulary. This woman said it was um. They had an impromptu um, gathering at the Yum Center held by Black Lives Matter. It was like they sent out that it was starting at three o'clock, like probably like an hour, an hour before, couple, an hour to three hours before it started. And you know they were doing that to filter out people who have who are bad protesters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and people are, are in the live, bro. There's a couple of people saying all lives matter. I said in the comments, I said, shut the fuck up with this all lives matter because you're not, uh, you're not questioning being a parent because you're scared for your children's life uh, by police brutality. Like, like, no, fuck that shit. (laughs) Like, like, bro, like before I would just shake my head and not say nothing when I see and hear all lives matter. This dude, these two situations, bro, nope. has made me limit, bro. Like, no, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> I don't want to hear that. Yeah, all lives matter, huh? I was like, tell that to Breonna Taylor's family, punk. <laughs> bro. <laughs> that, here's the facts for those people yeah, who are choosing. Like... Bro, here's the facts for the people who are choosing to be blind to the truth of Breonna Taylor's death or to, to secure... They're, they're, they're stereotypes to secure whatever safe haven they create for themselves. Brianna Haven was a victim of, of police error. Mm-hmm. They had the wrong address. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a past boyfriend. It wasn't a past associate. It wasn't her current boyfriend. The person that they, they were looking for used to live there. Brianna Taylor just recently moved there, bro. Dude. Dude. I just reminded me of something the other day. Dude, like, oh my gosh. 
I'm gonna have to tell you that offline. But bro, bro I can't wait to hear it. They they had a no knock warrant, so they used their no knock warrant, come into the house, and Walker shoots because he thinks it's criminals breaking into their apartment, and they unload twenty shots because. Dude, uh, police officer, they unload 20 shots. Brianna is naked. Bro, it's crazy, bro. She was in her bed naked. And they killed, yeah. and this man had to call the police or call 911 for an EMT because of his girlfriend. Bro. That's wild. Yeah. Yep, yep. Wow, bro. So somebody used to say when I was in 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 uh, middle school, <laughs> put that in your pipe and smoke, like that. <laughs> bananas, bro. Like it was police error, bro. And with with dude with bananas with George Floyd, they had four. They 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 used abusive force when he was in the back of the police mm-hmm. SUV and then they got him on the ground. The police officer that you see on that has his knee in his neck and knee on the back had 18 cases against him already. So like what? That's bananas. That goes back to I think our first episode, our not our last episode, where we were talking about like being black and like how you have to be in the workforce. Like, dude, when you're black, you if you make two mistakes, it's like they're like it's like <laughs> World War Three. They want to not only do they want to fire you, like they're talking down to you like you're a child. This man had. 18 cases against He still had a job. He still had the confidence to kill somebody as if nothing was like he didn't have nothing built up against him. Bro, they stopped him for forgery. You can watch an old 1990s cops video episode and see some crazy, if you don't want to watch the current incident, some crazy recordings of white people swinging battle axes. Come on, bro. We used to watch cops for entertainment <laughs> growing up, bro. And like, like, bro, like you can see some crazy stuff. And there's they don't have no guns drawn. You might even see two cops only, and they're still just saying, "Sir, you're resisting arrest," and talking to them like they're supposed to. Like, bro, it's ridiculous, bro. When we get stopped by the police, we got six freaking cars behind. Right. Like, it's ridiculous, bro. Like, that is, like, did you hear about the wrestler uh, that that tried to imitate the the uh, George Floyd incident to prove that he didn't die by that? Hmm. That he didn't die by what? Being kneeled on? Having the knee on the back of his neck? No, I didn't see it. No, I didn't bro. see it. Yeah, look that up. All right. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, man. You gotta watch that, man. You gotta watch look that up, man. I guess okay. we're close since since our and and if you don't choose to because it makes I totally understand. It's it is ridiculous and insensitive and in that action, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I guess we'll close. Theme music would drive by. Yes, sir. We're doing the special, the special. I'm pod, Joseph. Uh, theme music to a drive by. Um, I'm Quentin, and this is uh, on the other end is Joseph. We're gonna close this out. And so, uh, you got anything? Uh, got any uh, wise words for the people before we leave this tonight? Fuck some shit up. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever you do, just do that. (laughs) Well, I do share in some of the sentiments you've uttered there. So, uh, in that note, I will also caution people to be safe out there, regardless of what what avenue you choose to uh, partake in. If you protest, then protest your buns off. If you're riding, hey. I ain't gonna tell you to write, yep. but uh, at least be safe and take care of yourself. <laughs> um, right. Oh, big long term. And on uh, that note, uh, big long. It's been good talking with you, my friend. We're out, and uh, we will see yep, you yep. again soon. All right, bro.